You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I am Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're taking off another box in the 2022 Reading Glasses Challenge and talking about the best ways to track your books. That was one of, you know, we always present, we have five reading goals and then five activities. And one of the activities was to try to track your books. So we're going to talk about how the best way to do that is. Hopefully you've been doing it. There's so many. You can imprint it electronically. You can carve it into a stone tablet if you are really strong, I guess. Exactly. So, yes. (laughs) But uh, first, what are you reading, Bria? I have been reading a book that was recommended. I don't know where I got this recommendation. I think it might have been on a podcast or something. But it's called The Impossible Us by Sarah Lotz. It is, I would say, a sci-fi romance book for people who like both of those things. And it, it basically... People making out while floating around in space? Floating around in space. No, it's more of a... Um, uh, uh, basically, these two people are email. Oh, it also, I know people love it when things are epistolary. Is that the right word? Yeah, epistolary, where it's our... Oh, yeah, this is a big... I mean, we just finished the... The, the Max Fun Drive and people love love epistolary. So I was trying to novel. find. I've been trying to f- re- find more epistolary novels because this often is something people want. So I thought I'd read this one. And basically, it takes place in. Uh, there's a lot of emails back and forth. Now it's not 100 percent in emails, but there's a lot of emails back and forth. And it starts with an email sent by mistake. Um, one person sends an email to another person. They're like, "Oh, this is this is not the right person," and they start talking. And they slowly start to fall in love via email, um, which is very adorable. And they go to meet, but guess what? They, uh, oh, it's not in the description. I don't want to tell you too much. Let me just tell you, they cannot meet for various reasons. Oh, no. Uh, So it becomes all about uh, uh, them trying to figure out why they can't meet and then what to do now that they cannot meet. This is adorable. Yeah, it's very cute. Um, I have been enjoying it. Um, uh, one of my friends who I was meeting up with randomly, she had just gotten it. And I was like, I think I have that from the library. So I wanted to try to read that as well. A, person I, a friend I just met up with in um, Europe. Um, anyway, great. The Impossible Us. Uh, what are you reading, Mallory? That sounds wicked good. I am reading <laughs> a bird book. Whoa. Sean, can you put we in like a bird noise? We haven't had as many requests for bird books, I feel like, as we did when we first started. Do you feel maybe like- we just satisfied all the requests oh, for bird books. Maybe we did. Maybe we did. <laughs> but this is a new bird book. Uh, it is called The 30 Names of Night by Zine Yukadar. And it is actually... Speaking of epistolary novels, there's a lot of journal entries in this one, nice. which is really cool. It's one of those like twin parallel timeline books where the first timeline is now it's like a modern day and it's this young trans man. He's Syrian and he's taking care of his, I think it's either his, I think it's his aunt and, um, his mother died in kind of a mysterious circumstance a few years ago. So they're, the two of them are trying to, are, both, are still like in their grief been trying to like figure out how to survive on their own um but his mom also his aunt doesn't know that he's trans so he kind of keeps it real low-key when he's at home um and goes out at nights to like paint these amazing murals and Hmm. um 
His mom was an ornithologist. So there's all this like stuff going on about her work with birds and her obsession with this Syrian painter who lived in, in the same area of Brooklyn that they did, that they do, and also painted birds. And she also died in a mysterious circumstance. And one of the one of the days where he, he's going through these buildings, he ends up um, finding this building that the Syrian painter ended up with, like lived at and used to be a historical space. And like, it's all... Uh, uh, derelict and, and decaying now and he goes in and finds in the wall this is not a big spoiler uh, a journal left by this painter and starts reading it and so it's like this painter's story and this young man's story and, him, and then all of a sudden he starts wanting to investigate like what actually happened to his mom and what actually happened to this painter and there's a lot of bird stuff going mm. on like he goes to paint bird murals wow. he's always looking at birds thinking about birds <laughs> <laughs> Real bird enthusiast book. But yeah, a lot of good book for bird enthusiasts, but it's really beautiful. The writing's really good. It's awesome. So that is The 30 Names of Night by Zine Yukadar. And mine is The Impossible Us by Sarah Lotz. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Uh, after our AAPI author episode, a listener from New Zealand wrote in to point out that we did not recommend any Pacific Islander authors. And you know what? We really failed. Super fail on our part. We fucked up. So we're going to fix that right now. Bria, what is your recommendation for this? For um, It's a book that I read last year. And no, I read, it, I read it this year. I couldn't have read it last year. It came out this year. It feels like this year, should we, it feels like we should only be in March, but we're like almost halfway through the year. It that's came, the problem. It came out in January. It may be one of my favorite books of the year. So that's why I'm going to recommend it right now. It's called To Paradise by Hania Yanagahara. I loved this book. It's set in three different timelines. The author grew up in Hawaii, so there's some fun Hawaii stuff in it. But it's set in three different timelines. And basically, there's like an 1800s one in which it's an alternate timeline in which gay marriage is normalized, unlike the 1890s that we would have known. And that timeline is all about this son who's part of a rich family and who should marry someone but wants to marry somebody else. So it's like this uh, kind of displeasing his family type situation. Then there is a 90s one, um, which is all a, a 90s timeline, which is all about... Um, uh, it, it takes place in New York and it has a Hawaiian man who lives with um, an older partner um, who has this kind of difficult childhood that he is dealing with. And then it takes place in a future timeline, which, you know, of course, I'm here for. And it's <laughs> me, uh, Bria Grant. <laughs> Bria Grant. Excited for that. Uh, and it's all about um, it's it's there's been like a massive plague and it's really a very dark timeline and things have gone really poorly. The government has taken over everything um, and there is a uh, a granddaughter, and these are all somewhat related to each other, all these timelines, uh, all these different stories. Um, this this um, uh, woman is who is the daughter of a famous scientist who was involved in some of the stuff with this plague um, is trying to navigate her life without him. Um, and it's very sad. Um, I just loved this book. It was, like, very touching. Um, it was that wonderful, like, takes place across, you know, um, over 100 years type type thing over 200 years really and um I don't know I just I just really liked it. it it like I feel like it just covered a lot of things that I thought were really interesting and um about the human condition it, it, it was just a really beautifully written book and again I'm I will say it's probably one of my favorite books this year so far um what what is your recommendation for this uh my pick is a book that I 100% picked up at the library just because of the cover which 
speaking of bird books, had a cool bird on it. Nice. And I was like, cool bird book. I'm going to check this out. Uh, it's Away by Becky Manawatu. And uh, she's an author from New Zealand. And heads up on this one. There's a lot of content warnings. So look them up ahead of time. That's a pretty hefty list of content warnings. So I'll just l- let you listening look this up. Um, uh, it's about a family. And they have been broken apart by this by violence and this like violent act. Um, and it's told through the different POVs of different members of the family. Like there's these two brothers. One's younger. One's older. And they're different perspectives. Um, and basically all their different stories eventually start to weave together of how they're all coping with the after effects of this of this violence in different ways and how they start coming back together. And it's not an easy read. I was like, ooh, I thought this was a cool bird book. Very different. Yeah. But it's so beautiful and it's a great pick of language and character are your doorways. And I'm I'm really, really glad I picked it up and I, I liked it quite a bit. Um, so that is Aoi by Becky Manawatu. And mine is To Paradise by Nia Yanagahara. Jefferson wrote in about visual novels and how to track them in your reading journal, which I put in here because we're tracking stuff this episode. Uh, Jefferson says, my advice to anyone picking over a problem like this is simple. Trust your gut. If it felt like you just read a novel, then record it that way. Guilt-free. I think we can sign off on this approach. We love a guilt-free approach. Sure. If it feels like a short story, log it as that instead. Or don't. It's up to you. If glassers are looking for somewhere to start with visual novels, I'd recommend checking out 80 Days or perhaps Coffee Talk by Tog... Toge, Tog, Tog, T-O-G-E Productions. In Coffee Talk, you play the part of a late night barista in a fantasy version of Seattle, listening to your patrons' problems while preparing fancy drinks for them. Need I say more? Trust me when I say it'll hit a lot of readers' wheelhouses. This is a game where you get to make latte foam art for a werewolf while they bear their tortured soul to you. Nice. Thank you both so much for giving me a much-needed pick-me-up every Thursday. Reading glasses is basically free endorphins delivered to my inbox every week. I'm so glad I found you. Thank you. This is great. These are cool recommendations, and we totally agree. If you want to track your visual novels as novels, fucking go for it. Now, Mallory, for the, the Maximum Fun Drive, you played Doki Doki Literature Club all the way through over the course of two nights. Would you track I sure that? Did. Would you track that? I don't know if I will just because then I don't want to think about Monica ever again. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I, I mean, I, I definitely would. It feels like, I mean, I read enough for at least a novella. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think that definitely counts. All right. Um, but I, I think I'm afraid to write it down in my reading journal because I'm afraid that Monica is going to like you're going to like go it back, back and look at the and, and like it'll be taken over by a bunch of weird words. I'm going to say just Monica, um, just Monica. <laughs> Renee wrote in uh, with a wheelhouse, which is uh, books about casually queer characters where their queerness is not part of the internal or external conflict. No, wait, I'm gay moments or coming out moments. Uh, Very specific micro-histories, and especially ones about food, superheroes, werewolves, and horror books that other glassers might put put in the freezer, (laughs) meaning shit your pants whore. Um, And also, listen, Renee, (laughs) maybe you should check out this, uh, this coffee talk situation that Jefferson wrote in about. That sounds like it's a bit, if you want a visual novel, sounds like there's a werewolf inside that one. I would like to make some latte foam art for a werewolf. Mm. Uh, So folks, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And we got a couple bookmarks for you folks. First off, thank you everyone who has who have watched my movie. I, I directed a movie called Torn Hearts. It is out in the world right now. You can rent it in all the places you would rent your mo- a movie online or you can buy it. Um, it is a horror it's movie. It's already one of my favorite movies of the year. Yeah. It's a horror movie. It has Katie Segal. It's very fun. 
entertaining uh, kind of thriller, horror, psychological horror. Um, and I'm just really trying to get it out there because I'm super proud of it. And yeah, let me know. Let me know if you watch it. Let me know if you like it. Please share it. It means a lot to me. And we have another bookmark. Okay, so if you... Here's some wheelhouse items for tor- Torn Hearts. Uh-huh. If you're like, ooh, I'm afraid, of, I'm, a, I'm nervous about horror movies, but I might want to see this. Okay. Takes place in Nashville. Nashville, yeah. Female friendship. Big one. We all, we know you, people like books about female friendship. That's true. Blood. Mm. Country music. Mm-hmm. Um, creepy house. Creepy house. Definitely creepy house. Yeah, psychological horror. Yeah, look at this. All, look, I mean, these, like, are, these are all huge glasser items. Yeah, that's true. That's true. If you like misery, if you like uh, uh, misery, but then also you like music, it has music in it. It has like multiple songs in yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's all about country music. Yeah. So if you love books about like musicians or stories about like behind the scenes stories of, of musicians and, and artists and stuff, you'll love this. It's fantastic. Thanks, Mallory. Uh, can I tell you, this is a tangent, but can I tell you a very creepy story about misery that happened to me recently? Yeah. I went to go to a grocery store to buy groceries and I was checking out and you know how the Trader Joe's uh, cashiers are just very, I think they're told to be chatty. Yeah, they're so, so chatty. They're like, have you tried this before? And I'm like, no, have you? I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's very <laughs> no, so weird. I'm buying it. But he, the guy, this, this guy got very like personal. He was like, oh, what do you do? And I was like, uh, I'm an author. And he's like have you ever seen Misery? Ah! And I was like, uh, yeah. He's like, oh yeah, hope that never happens to you. And I was like, me too? He's like, I was like, yeah, I just hope I never meet that kind of fan, I guess. And it was like, like which so you, creepy. Which way do you drive home? Because I'd like to talk to you about it. I'd like to make yeah, sure you, I was afraid that he was going to gonna be like, what's your address? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, so... so <laughs> <laughs> second book mark uh we are finally announcing the title i know we've been talking about this for a while and some people have reached out and been like oh what's the title of this book i forgot i'm like you have not forgot because we have not announced it mm. but here it is the amish romance book that we are going to read uh we're going to read it soon um we'll either do an episode or we should we do an episode or should we do a bookmark a book club uh, i think we should do an episode maybe we should do a full episode okay. yeah all right, we're going to do a full episode about these Amish romance books. But I looked around at a lot of them, and I have chosen The Imposter by Suzanne Woods Fisher. I don't know that much about it, other than it felt like a good introductory Amish romance. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, so that's The Imposter by Suzanne Woods Fisher. We're not going to do a book club for this, so you don't have to read it. But if you want, you've also never read an Amish romance and you're like, I want to read one before Mallory and Bria do an episode on it so I can have opinions. Well, here you go. Here we'll we put a link in the show notes if you want to buy it or get it from the library. But yeah, um, there you go. We're going to get our bonnets ripped off. It's very exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so before we talk about the best way to track your books, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is brought to you in part today by our friends over at Nightfire, Tor's spooky book imprint, publisher of Just Like Mother by Anne Hetzel. What is Just Like Mother about? It is a spine-chilling and sharp modern gothic from a fresh new voice in horror. 
I love all the words in that sentence, and I have a feeling that a lot of glassers will too. It's about this woman named Maeve, and though Maeve has reconnected with her cousin after years of silence, more and more she feels disconnected from her life back in the city, and the cousin's increasing attachment triggers memories Maeve has fought hard to bury, but confronting her childhood terrors may be the only way for Maeve to transcend the nightmare still to come. Definitely sounds spine-chilling. Definitely sounds sharp and modern and gothic. We are so excited about this book. It's got a really cool cover, and it is available right now wherever books are sold. Check it out right now. That's Just Like Mother by Anne Hetzel. That's Just Like Mother by Anne Hetzel for a spooky summer read. Hi, I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Our comedy podcast, Jordan Jesse Go, just celebrated its 15th anniversary. It was a couple months ago, but we forgot. Uh, yeah, completely. Our, our silly show is 15 years old. That makes it old enough to get its learner's permit. And almost old enough to get the talk. Wow, I hope you got the talk before then. A lot of things have changed in 15 years. Our show's not one of them. We're never changing and you can't make us. Jordan, Jesse, go the same forever at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. This week, we're ticking off another box on the 2022 Reading Glasses, Reading Glasses, Reading Glasses Challenge. Track your reading for the year. I like that we I keep going with this like, joke because we've been doing this joke for like three years and people are like, why do they keep repeating the name? Yeah, I, was, I, I wonder if there have been people who have started listening to the show recently and like, why do they always say it three times? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Reading Glasses Glasses um, Challenge. But, but the... the uh, part of the challenge we're taking off is tracking your reading for the year. We're going to talk about all the different ways you can track your reading, all the different places you can track your reading, and what to track in your reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we did an episode a few years ago about book tracking and why we do it, which we will link to in the show notes. This episode is more about how to track your books. So Bria, what, where, and how do you track your reading? Who, what, when, where, why, how. Um, I'm holding a lamp, a bright lamp over who, Bria's head what? and I'm interrogating <laughs> Where do you track your reading? Have you have you been tracking your reading? We have heard we have gone good resources that you good good we have very very good resources that you've been tracking your reading. Um, all right, um, I have two places. Um, which I think we've talked about this before. I keep a journal with like a little personal list. It's like a handwritten journal. I love a handwritten journal. Um, uh, I like that one because sometimes I'm reading books that haven't come out. They may not even have release dates um, and they are not on Goodreads, which is the other place I track. Um, so that helps me to remember those. Also, I like to give it a little private rating, a little like school rating, an A plus, a B minus, something pretty specific. And um, this also, for some reason, this is more helpful for me when it comes to my end of year list. And then I also just do a public post on Goodreads. And I usually do like a five stars or a red. Um, 
mostly I'm just trying to remember that I read it. That's what I use Goodreads for. And it's helpful mm-hmm. for me when we're <laughs> recommending books. Goodreads is an easier search for me than my my journal. Um, and it's right there on your phone. It's right there on my phone. And a lot of times, you know, I'm finishing a book right before bed or something. and I'm Or I'm traveling and I'm, I don't want to go and like like haul my journal, journal around or pull that out. So mm-hmm. it's easy to just be like, Goodreads, read. You know, and remind myself that I read it. And sometimes I'm going back and changing that rating or trying to figure out what that rating might be. But yeah, for the most part, I I keep those two places because it helps me to be thorough. And I know that the book has been read. Um, What about you? Where are you you doing? You do two places also. Yeah, we're just dual book trackers. Um, So my first also is a physical notebook where I track the title author letter grade a plus to f although this is i don't think there's any f's in there because if a book's an f i'm probably gonna dump it yeah um the lowest i probably have is like a c same i think i have one c plus in there Mm. right now um and then the wheelhouse items for the book um in the second place i track is my in my book buddy app my husband book buddy my life partner um and that's my book buddy has set to track the title author year read year released and a rating between one and five stars and you can do half star ratings on book buddy which is mm. nice and i only enter a book into both the notebook and book buddy until i've finished it and i found that if i already write the book down in my notebook and i'm like oh i just started this book i'm going to put it in my book journal it's harder to dump it if i don't like it i cannot believe then I'm like, you would even oh, no. consider writing it before you have finished it. i used to do this really? it was madness it was absolute lunacy. Yeah, I don't know why I, I did that. Because then if I didn't like a book, I'd be like, oh, no, I've already written Oh, yeah, I know. And that's like one of those like weird, like, if you tell people you're going to go to the gym, you then you'll go. So if you tell your book journal that you're reading the book, <laughs> you're probably going to fi- feel like you have to finish it. I think it's a horrible idea. I mean, some your people probably find gets it. a face and is like, like the Necronomicon. And yeah, it's, it's like, like but you, you should... already wrote down in me. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I actually fucked up on a page in my book journal and I really hate it because I was writing on like the wrong year or something. And it really drives me crazy that I messed up my book yeah. journal that badly. That's why I stopped doing this. I would, folks, do not recommend. Mm. If you start, if you do this, I recommend that you stop. Yeah, that's very, <laughs> I think it's a really, it's a crazy proposition to me to even think about Oof. it. Um, all right, well, let's talk about what to track. Beyond the title and the author, it's up to you, right? Genre, length, mm-hmm. amount of time uh, it took you to read, who recommended it to you, wheelhouse items, real release date, your rating, age range, format. You really, you can do whatever you want. Uh, we mm-hmm. we recommend experimenting. We know we've heard all, from all sorts of people the different things that they want to do. Um, if you're not sure where to start, you should just make it simple, right, Mallory? Um, or, oh, yeah. or think about your reading goals. If you want to read more of a certain type of book, track that. What what do you think about this? Oh, I've experimented with so many ways to track reading. Mm. I tried keeping count or keeping track of the page count, the format, like ebook, audiobook, graphic novel, print, whatever uh, amount of time it took me to read, genre. And I will say, I never really got anything out of mm. tracking all that stuff. Like I'd get to the end of the year and I'd be like, what do I do with this information? Like it just didn't... It, wasn't useful to me in any way but some people might and that's why we're encouraging you to try and see you know see what works for you I personally was just sort of like it didn't really it wasn't I didn't find it helpful it wasn't helping me wasn't like doing anything for my reading life either way so now I think okay well what is the purpose of me tracking this information for me it's I want to know what books I read that year and that's it that's all I want to know I want to know what books I read that year it didn't help you like this year I'm trying when you wrote all that stuff down did it help you process like what you read no, it didn't do anything for me. I was just trying it out. And so, and this year I'm trying out something new. I'm trying adding wheelhouse items um, 
and I really like it so far because it's a hundred percent helps me recommend books. I and know. Bria and I recommend books a lot. And um, yeah, I guess it's thinking of how I'll use the information I'm tracking. So if you are kind of overwhelmed by like, okay, well, what do I put in this book journal? Think, think about, think about it that way. Mm. Mm. What do you track? Well, here's what I wish I tracked. Uh, <laughs> um, what you're saying. So someone wrote in and said they kept a spreadsheet and the wheelhouses that it checked, they, someone wrote, a, wrote in and told us that's what they were doing. And I was like, oh, that's such a better idea. Because I think, one, it would help us to recommend books, which we always end up having to do, recommend. How many recommendations, book recommendations do we do for this year's Maximum Fun Drive? Oh, uh, I think we reckon, we, honestly, we probably recommended between uh, b- both of us put together in the, in the thousands, bu- over a thousand. But divided by two. Yeah. Yeah. So we it was individual people, but you and I both each recommended at least one book, sometimes two or three. Yeah. Yeah. To several hundred people. So, um, yes. So that would be helpful for me. But also I kind of I started thinking I was like, if I was careful and wrote down like every wheelhouse thing that this book checked off and like what was interesting about this book, then I probably would know myself a little bit better. I'd like, I'd be oh, like, I don't even think about that. You can be like, wow, I always give A's to books that have this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or like the last three books all contained like the, like losing your teeth. And I loved that <laughs> or, you know, like something random <laughs> and I can be like, oh, wow, that's interesting that I didn't think about that aspect of it. Um, so that's what I wish I would do. And I haven't started doing that this year, but there's part of me that wants to go back through the books I read this year to just start this spreadsheet. Um, and I might do it, but I am I am tracking so far, but I I might I might end up doing that. Um, um, yeah. So now let's talk about where to track your books. This is another we get asked this question a lot. Um, so if you're not sure where to start, think about what is useful and convenient for you. Seriously, that is the biggest thing because I mean we all know when you're starting a new habit the biggest speed bump is making it easy for yourself. Yeah, it's so true. So if you like get a giant tome that like is a heart, it's like a pain in the butt to like write in, you're not going to use it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some people might like a fancy notebook. Some maybe you want a plain notebook, um, you know, just whatever is easy for you. I mean, there's a specifically made book tracking journals, like the one Ann Bogle made. I'll put a link in the show notes to that. Um, I know some glassers got it. I think it's called My Reading Life. It's a really great journal. Um, but yeah, you don't, you don't need anything fancy and you could just have a plain, you could just have a piece of paper if you want. Yeah. Or something digital. I think something digital yes. is really helpful. A spreadsheet, a word document, or like some sort of app, like use the notes app on your phone. I, there's no, yeah. there's no right, right place for this. It's just whatever you find helpful and whatever you will use. That's the key. Yes. It's not, yes, a like a gorgeous notebook that you bought from some fancy paper store where they like sell, you know, paper. It looks like it's like burnt on the ends or some shit like that. And fancy (laughs) ass pens that cost like $40 each. That is very exciting. And like, I would say if you are good about tracking, go ahead and graduate to that. Or if you think that you will encourage you to track, but I would say go convenience over, over fancy at this point. If you just have not ever been successful in tracking. Yes. Uh, I mean, I like doing both. I think both of us like both kinds. I love having the physical notebook because I love a notebook. I just love a nice notebook. This year I got myself a really nice notebook with nice paper, a Rhodia notebook, uh, and I write in it with my nice fancy fountain pens. And it's nice because I feel, it feels so fancy. I finish a book and I'm like, I do it in batches though. Like at the end of the week, I'm like, oh, I read these two books. I'm going to sit down and like write in this journal. But I have my book buddy on my phone all the time. And that's what, that's what I do first. Like when I finish a book, um, I'm like, wow, great book. And I pick up my phone and I put it into the book buddy. Um, 
you know, and then I have it, all the books I've read all the, all that year. And I started, I think I started using Book Buddy in 2019. So all the books that I've read from 2019 until now are on my phone at all times. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I think having both is good. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think the digital thing is very key for me because it's just helpful. Like I have multiple journals for various things in my life, things where I, I like to keep up with, but I always have a digital version of that on my phone because I know I will keep it on my phone because we always have, we're attached to our phones. Our phones are Uh linked to us psychically. Um, And if we, (laughs) and so it just makes sense to keep it on something like your phone. So that way you can transfer it to that fancy, you know, uh, document or, or journal that you're using, but it's, it's always good to have something digital so that way you know you will have it on you and you know you'll actually do it yeah because that way if you're in the library or in a bookstore and you're like did i read that you mm-hmm. can look it up and be like oh i, I read that and i didn't like it better mm-hmm. not get anything else from that author mm-hmm. it happens to me all the time because sometimes uh you know now there's a uh, a new bookstore in my town uh that i like going to and if i go you know, i don't really browse at the library as much but even or i'll browse like on libby and i'll see a cool book and i'm like oh wait a minute that looks really familiar and then I'll, I can check my book, buddy. It's yeah, right there. Exactly. But let us know. Let, let us know. Yeah, let us know where, what, how, who, wh- when, all the all oh. the questions. Let when? us know how you're tracking your your uh, your books this year for this part of the challenge. We'd love to to find out how the how the glasses are doing it. Um, send your thoughts to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail.com. Before we test out some book tech, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is brought to you in part this week by Trade Coffee. Folks, I love coffee. I drink black coffee. I literally drink an entire pot of black coffee every morning. But because I have an anxiety disorder, I don't like to drink caffeine. And it can be really difficult for me to find good decaf coffee. You know, even when I go to a grocery store, there's normally not a lot of great options for me. And that is why I love Trade Coffee. What is Trade Coffee? Trade Coffee's expert taste testers partner with the country's best craft roasters to keep 450, folks, 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every day. There's no one perfect coffee, but there is a perfect coffee for you, and Trade's human-powered algorithm will find it. It's really cool. They send you coffee. Uh, You can pick how often it gets sent to you, and then you rate the coffees that they send to you so they can pair you with coffees that you like best. And they're so confident they'll match you right the very first time that if they don't, they'll take your feedback, and an actual coffee expert will work with you to send you a brand-new bag for free. If you love coffee, but you hate going to the store, you hate trying to find the right coffee, trying to find a place that will ship to you, Trade Coffee is absolutely perfect for you. I love it. I live up on a mountain and the grocery stores up here do not have a lot of great coffee selections. And it, as I said, can be really tough to find. Even great coffee companies sometimes don't have decaf options for me. And I was so surprised to find how many that Trade had. They, there's just like tons of awesome uh, options for me, whether it was whole bean or ground, all different flavor profiles. It was really, really cool. And they were right. The first bag they sent me of decaf coffee, it was so good. I've been really enjoying it. I've been getting it for months now, and it's fantastic. So right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of 
$30 off your first order plus free shipping. That's a lot of coffee, folks. All you have to do is go to drinktrade.com slash glasses. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. That's drinktrade.com slash glasses. And you can get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash glasses and let trade find you a coffee that you will love. That's drinktrade.com slash glasses for $30 off. And don't forget, Father's Day is coming up. A trade subscription is the perfect gift for the coffee-loving dad in your life. That's drinktrade.com slash glasses for $30 off. Glasses. I'm going first. It's me, Jackie Keisha. Man, she's always this bossy. Uh, <laughs> hi. I'm Lori Kilbarton. Uh, we're a bunch of stand-up comics, and uh, we've been doing comedy like 60 years total, <laughs> both of us, but we look amazing. And, uh, working out. We drop every Monday on Max Fun, and it's called The Jackie Lori Show, and you could listen to it and learn about comedy and learn about anger management and all the things. And Jackie is married but childless, and I'm unmarried but childful. So together, we make one complete woman. Is that just what that one's going to end? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we try to make Kyle laugh just like that and say, oh, my God, every episode. It's a good job. Jackie and Lori Show, Mondays, only on Maximum Fun. Now let's look at some book tech advances in bookish technology. This week's book tech was sent to us by Bobby. Thank you, Bobby. That's Bobby with an I. And it's the Cortunex Spillproof Cup, specifically the wine glass. And I thought we got two of these, but we only got one. So Bria did not get to test this one out. That's right. But I did. Yes. You want to tell us about what this cup is? Yeah. So, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I saw saw it. It's basically a clear (laughs) glass. It's a glass. But it's like stemless. Uh-huh. So it's like the top of a wine glass, but stemless. And it is rounded in such a way that if it fall, if you put it down, it kind of is wobbly. Like y'all probably seen these before. It like wobbles around, but it will never fall over. Is that right? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like a, it's a weeble's wobble, but um, they the don't I- fall down situation. I don't know what that means. You know those like little kids toys that are rounded on the bottom and they are weighted so that if you knock like the, you've seen the clowns and like you those knock them over thing. and then they, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, they yeah, pop back that. up. Yeah. Okay. And it's called Weebles Wobble? I think that's what, hold on, I'm going to look this up in case I'm in. But the idea yeah, is that, and this is why I think I put this on our our, thi- our list. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And thank you, Bobby, yes. for sending this in. Um, yes. They're called uh, Weebles. Weebles, uh, so a Weebles wine glass. Um, a Weebles. Uh, but the idea is that you're not going to spill this on your book. That was the idea yes. that I thought would be really cool. Um, so if you are reaching to grab it, you don't knock it over. You can just grab it without looking and drink. Mm-hmm. Is that? Tell me how it went. Is that how? Is, did it work? Did it spill proof? <laughs> was it proof? Uh oh, I don't think it was spill proof. It was not spill proof. Uh oh. So I actually think that this wine glass is really good for reading, but not in the way that they intend. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it, it it gets an unintentional four out of five pages for me, but for totally different reasons. Because it's like, presumably, you know, you're like, oh, it's great if you are drinking wine when you're reading and you don't want to look up from your book and you just like reach to grab it. And if you miss and you knock it, you're not going to spill wine. Got it. But the problem is... That only is true if you put like an inch of wine in the bottom of the yeah, glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, yeah. 
someone who's not super smart, apparently. I was like, oh, can't wait to test this out and like filled it halfway. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to test it and knocked it over and spilled the wine. Everywhere. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Because it's just you can't put too much. And that Got was it. the thing. And that's so my thing is like if you only put if if you it doesn't spill if you only put like an inch of wine in there. But if you only have an inch of wine, then you're going to have to keep getting up and refilling it. Yeah. So I was like, this is this is pointless. Um, and I, I will say it just even my boyfriend Jeremy said this he's like it just makes me anxious because it's like even if it's knocked over it just I don't know it feels like it's gonna fall over still but so at first I was like one out of five pages this is terrible but then I was like you know what screw it because I by that point I had already put wine in it and I was like I'll just put more wine in it and keep drinking out of this because I didn't want to wash too many wine glasses but I realized uh the lip that it has around like it has that's the only way I can describe it as a lip. It actually makes it easier to grab. So it looks like a stemless wine glass, but with an with a lip around the, the center of it, like the center circumference of it. Um, so it's, if you are someone who has really small hands or someone who's clumsy, it just like, you know, might drop your wine glass. It's, it's a lot easier to hold than a regular stemless wine glass. So it actually oh. is really good for reading, but and I was like, actually, this would because I by the end of the night, I was like, oh, this is great because I have little hands. And, um, you know, sometimes it's hard to 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 pick up a stemless wine glass, um, especially if it's got like condensation on it or whatever. Um, and so I would if you are a wine drinker and uh, you have little, little handed wine drinkers of the world, I guess, <laughs> who like to read and drink wine, I would recommend checking this out and giving and looking at it. It's not super expensive. I think it was less than $20, right? Um, I don't know. But does it always sit on its side? No, you can just put it. The, the bottom is flat. The bottom so is flat. So you can flat. just put it. So it doesn't have to be tipped over. That's the thing. I probably should have said that. Uh, so you can, if, you it can just did. use it as a regular stemless wine glass. Um, I, I just wouldn't recommend trying to use like the spill proof part of it. Mm. It is less than $20. Yeah. It's twelve ninety nine. Yeah, so if you're if you're a, a small handed wine drinking reader who likes to drink wine when you read, I would recommend checking it out. I gave it a four out of five pages because of that because I was like, oh, this is easier to hold. Um, it almost is like yeah, it like almost gives you a really a better grip on it. Um, it does give you a better grip on it. Um, but I again would not use the the spill, spilling situation. Although I guess like even if it did spill, it wouldn't spill that all of the wine mm -hmm. so great but yeah unless you were you were only you only want like a shot glass full of wine in the bottom of all your cup um could you use yeah, it I, could you use it for whiskey like a, a a hard liquor instead yeah you yeah you probably could and that would be like more like the amount of hard actually liquor yeah drink. that would be even better because you would only have a little bit in there and it wouldn't spill over yeah um, yeah and it would actually i'm gonna be try it with some bourbon and okay. see it and see how that worked out but wow well, yeah what a journey. so i was what i was very surprised you learned so much from the start it was such finish. a huge journey it went yeah. all the way down to one page and then uh, now it's back, back up, up to four yeah, four out of five pages for this for yeah. the core tunics spill proof cup we're gonna there's a link in the show notes if you want to check it out and folks if you want us to test out some book tech you have an idea for it you can send it to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com or if you want to check out our wish list and send us some book tech to test out the there's a link to it in the show notes Time to answer a recommendation request from one of our listeners. Parker wrote in, I was hoping y'all could help me with some suggestions on historical fiction sci-fi books. Last year, I read The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, and I adored it, and I want to read something similar, but I'm not entirely sure what genre it falls into and where to go from there. 
Let me know if you have any suggestions. Mallory, you got some historical sci-fi books for Parker? I have some steamy historical sci-fi books. And that's a double entendre because they're both steampunky and sexy. Love that. (laughs) I'm surprised there hasn't been a steampunk romance book just called Steamy. Oh, that would be good. Or just called Steam. (laughs) Steamy. Yeah. Uh, But I'm going to recommend that... Uh, you, Parker, get into books written by an author named Natasha Pulley. Um, so she writes a lot of awesome historical sci-fi books, uh, and they, I think all of them have a romantic element to them. And I picked this because, obviously, The Invisible Life of Abby LaRue is a historical book that has sci-fi, sci-fi elements but also has romance elements. Um, and her latest, uh, which is the one I'm going to talk about, is called The Kingdoms, and it takes place in the 18th century. It has queer characters and features... All I'm going to say is time stuff. Time stuff. Because <laughs> it's, it's my eloquent, eloquent way of saying, because it's not time, time travel, just, just time stuff. Okay. Uh, I think it's described as a time slip novel. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. If that makes sense. It's about this man, and he's in, eight, he's in the 18th century, and he gets... Um, he gets this postcard that's almost 100 years old of a lighthouse that was just built that year, in the year that he is in. So the photograph of this lighthouse is 100 years old, but the lighthouse just got built. And he's like, what the fuck? He starts to get flashes. After seeing this postcard, he starts to get flashes of memories of a different life. Uh, And he has to go on this journey to uncover, like, okay, what do they mean? Did I live another life? Like, what's going on? And I just, I think it'll tick a lot of the same boxes that um, Addie LaRue did of, um, you know, again, historical stuff sci-fi stuff smooching stuff um so that's the kingdoms by natasha pulley um Bria, what do you think parker should read so i weirdly haven't read the Addie larue book which is wild because it's totally neither of us have which is super weird i need to remedy that but um uh i i think it's similar to the first 15 lives of harry august by Catherine webb which by the way i recommended this on something and someone pointed out to me that Catherine Webb is also a pen name, which we ta- discussed recently. Is a um, oh. it's, it, Catherine Webb is Claire North, same person um, who I love. I like Claire North's books a lot. Um, and basically, this is about Man, this lady is prolific. Literally, she is. I think that's why she has so many pen. She has actually. It's, she has a third pen name too, and I can't think of what it is. She's three. Some actually, a glasser wrote in to be like after our, our pen names episode, and was like, "Oh my god, Claire North. She has so many. She has so many. Yeah. She. I can't remember the other one. I actually listened to an interview with her talk about it once, and it was really fascinating. Um, um, she started writing when she was young, when she was quite young. Um. And she's still quite young, which is the other wild thing. Um, so basically, the first first 15 lives of Harry August, I love this book. It's about um, a guy named Harry August. He's born in 1980, 1919, dies in 1989. He kind of lives this unremarkable life, like doesn't do that much. But then he's born again in 1919 to the same parents, same situation. Everything's the same. But he retains his information from his past life. Um, and it turns out there's a lot of people who are also born and live this way where they're kind of like reliving the same life over and over the course of his next however many lives, 15, I guess, because it's the first 15 lives of Harry August, um, he finds these people and there's people who don't want them to be living like this. And um, uh, it's like a cool sci-fi book, but it also takes place in like the, uh, mostly in like the early 1900s. It has time stuff. Time stuff, also time but stuff. We love we're, we're time stuff the in term. the 1900s is like, this is time more, of a, stuff. more of a loop, but it's not even a time loop because 
Yeah, it's a little bit of a time loop, I guess, kind of situation. So mine is The First 15 Lives of Harry August by Catherine Webb. And mine is The Kingdoms by Natasha Pulley. And if you want to solve your reader problem, you want a book recommendation request, you want to tell us about some cool stuff, send it all to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, folks, if you want to show off your love of reading, look real sexy doing it, look steamy, if you will, go to our Void March store. There's a link in the show notes. There's totes, there's shirts, there's stickers, all kinds of fun stuff in all kinds of colors and sizes and there's so many different designs jordan really knocked it out of the park we love working with them and if you like the show and you're like i really want to support these ladies but i don't want to pay for it <laughs> you can rate and review us on the podcast listening app of your choice whether that is apple podcasts or stitcher i think i always at the end of all these i can never because I, I listen with apple podcasts so i never know what the other ones are but if you can rate and review podcasts on there you have to do it on your phone. You have to do it on mobile. It takes less than a minute, but you have to go into the mobile app and uh, scroll down. I think uh, if you just go to our page, the act like look up reading glasses it's in the search area, click on our page and go down. There's a way to review and leave, leave star ratings. Uh, it's great for us. It helps us grow our audience and get more sponsors to feed our cats. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading.